You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Over the last few decades, the importance of good mental health has become more accepted. There's not as much stigma around illnesses like anxiety and depression. As parents, we're also told that anxiety is rising in children. It may be something you've experienced yourself. So how are we to raise our children with good mental health, especially when we're given so much advice on how to do it? Dr. Joanna North is a psychotherapist and she's the author of Mind Kind, Your Child's Mental Health. She's a mother and a grandmother who has worked as an expert witness for the family courts in the UK. She wants to show parents how they can help their children have a healthy mind. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Morning. I'm fine, thank you. Really well. Nice to talk to you. What are the most common mental health complaints that you see in children? Well, these days in my clinic, we have a lot of children who do feel very anxious. And um, we have children who feel depressed. Um, More increasingly, younger children who feel that they just can't cope with their lives. Um, We get more teenagers who are feeling very unhappy or at least mildly depressed who are resorting to self-harm and and might have suicidal thoughts. Um, We also see a lot more obsessive-compulsive tendencies in children these days. So um, aside from children feeling anxious about their attachments and life in general, having a sort of generalised anxiety about life, which is a pretty miserable sort of set of thoughts to wake up with. Um, but that's what we're, we're seeing and what I'm helping parents to organise. Also helping a lot with child behaviour because parents are coming to me and saying, you know, behaviour is out of control here. And that is very important to attend to. And when it comes to mental health complaints like anxiety, depression or OCD, um, can they actually be prevented or are those conditions genetic? We're all very different. I mean, the fact, one of the things I start off by saying is helping parents to understand that, you know, anxiety is a normal part of life. We are supposed to feel anxiety and it, it, is, it is something that helps us put things right in our lives. Um, it, you know, but we are supposed to be able to also manage it. And, and the opposite of anxiety is, is feeling that you can cope with your life. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, but I, I think that one of the things I'm helping parents do then is, is understand that, you know, except in extreme cases, anxiety isn't going to kill you, except in very extreme circumstances. It's something we need to help children to manage. Um, it, 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 is tr- it is the case that we can have a genetic disposition to have more anxiety. It depends how we're built, you know, how, how we're biologically um, made up and how we're mentally and emotionally made up and, and the characteristics of our personality do, without doubt, contribute to anxiety. But environment is terribly important. Either way, we're all going to get a dose of it at some stage and we're all, in my view, going to have to get better at managing our situation and, and, and managing stress because our environments are very stressful. 
Recently, academics like Jonathan Haidt from the States and our own author, John Marsden, here in Australia, have warned parents that we're harming our children's mental health by the way we're parenting, that we're not allowing them to take enough risks and therefore children are growing up to be less resilient and have and struggle more with things like anxiety and, de- and depression. Um, you've raised your own daughter who's in her 30s now, who also has her mm. own children. Um, what's your response to that, both as a parent who has raised a child and as a psychotherapist? Um, yeah, and a, and a researching psychologist as well. So I, 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 think, I think there's a lot of truth in it. I, I think that we have to help, and I do address this in the book, to help, help children become more resi- resilient and robust. And, but that's on every level. I mean, it's not just it's not just climbing trees, which is great. You know, it's great for kids as long as they're not going to fall out and, and hurt themselves. And there's always a balance to find, isn't there, between letting children explore the world and um, and keeping them safe, which is also a parental duty. And parents always struggle with finding that that balance. But what 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 I'm also referring to is is emotional resilience, mental and emotional resilience, and how we build those mental and emotional muscles in children. And um, I, 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 so I would go along with with the views of, of John Martin there. In, in that, you know, one of the best ways to to build mental and emotional muscle is to travel through adversity. You know, we learn from difficult experiences. And so I think, you know, what I'm always helping parents to do is not, you know, is not, not let their children avoid difficult scenarios or, or what might appear to a parent to be a really simple scenario, but to help children think about it, reflect on it, manage it appropriately and get through. You know, failure is, is, a, is a fantastic way to learn. I've got and, a, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I would just say I am a parent. I've got um, yeah. a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yeah, and, and sometimes I find all the advice so overwhelming, um, yeah. and I can feel like you know I listen to people, I speak to experts all the time because of mm. my job, and I mm. often can sit here and think, "Wow, it's it's so hard to get it right." Like I must be failing yeah. all the time because yeah. I am a parent of my age. I can't divorce myself from my environment, even though. Yeah. Um, I I can recognize things that would be better for my children. And Mm -hmm. I just wonder sometimes if all of the things we're told to do for our kids can make parents anxious in a way where they might have, they might have previously been a little bit more relaxed around how they're raising their kids. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think parents of my generation, we probably made many, many more mistakes and, um, but I, I know that I was certainly more relaxed about my parenting. I was probably relaxed in making errors. And, and I see parents come into my room and they're terribly worried about, about to get, you know, getting it wrong for their children. And I think, and again, that was the, that's what I addressed in, in, in this book, because what I said to parents is like, look, step back. The, the world is full of information right now. And um, it, it provokes more anxiety and if you are anxious as a parent, you're going to, you're definitely going to increase the anxiety in your child, and then you'll you'll get in a cycle of anxiety because you know children feel what's going on with their parents. And I, uh, my, you know, my biggest thesis is that step back, relax, find your calm, 
um, you know, you, you you'll do your child a, a world of good if you come at them with a with, with a calm, calm, thoughtful way. Um, and that's the rule. That's the rule. And you know, if you don't, I mean, you know, and be a, be a, be a human being because you're not always going to feel like that. Your kids. Children sometimes infuriate their parents and children sometimes <laughs> do the, absolutely the wrong thing because they're experimenting with life. And parents will become furious or they'll become deeply upset and all sorts of emotions. And I say, don't be afraid of that. You're going to have emotions about your child. And so, you know, deal with your own emotions and then and, and reflect on, on what's going on and then come back at it in as calm a way as you can. And never, you know, you don't... That's, this is the thing that happens a lot. Parents panic and they, and they get into reactive behavior. And then they're surprised when their kids are panicking too. So my whole aim was to say, just take a step back, try and calm it down, try and think rationally about you know, what your next steps are. And, and experiment as well. You might get your next steps a little tiny bit wrong. So therefore, adjust your plan. You know, make a plan that's flexible for you. You talk about the importance of creating the right environment for your child in mm. order to have good mental health. What do you mean mm. by that? Well, there, there are a lot of ways to create the context of, of a child's life. And what I, you know, what I mean by that is that our environments can and do stress us. Um, um, so a very simple way to look at that is take a look at your timetable. Take a look at your child's timetable and see whether it is too busy for a start. Manage time. Children aren't great actually at managing time and they need to be taught to do that. But one of the biggest uh, ways to overcome stress and anxiety is to get in control of your time and make sure that events aren't overtaking you. And I, you know, this happens a lot, isn't it? You know, I'm sure you've had that experience. You know, where you're crushed by the traffic on the way to school, and you're, <laughs> you know, and you arrive feeling like you're going to scream. And you know, that was just this morning. Yeah, it was just this morning. You don't feel very good about your day, and and then your kids don't feel very good because you don't feel very good. I mean, and there we are, we've got a problem. So just take these scenarios and re and replan. You need to, you know, it takes time. You don't, and you know, this is the other thing. We and don't let kids rush you into instant results. We, that's one of our problems. We live in a world of instant results. Snap your fingers and you get a solution. And I, I meet a lot of parents who, who want to be able to do that. And I have to explain, you know what, there, there is a place for that. But, there, you know, solutions also take time to build um so it, so going back to your question about the environment you need to plan and you need to re- restructure but also ensure that there's they're not um you know antagonistic elements in the environment like bad-tempered people or you know um too much too much worry or um too you know too much aggressive television you, you know i uh, don't want to be namby pamby about um you know watching stuff in films but you know you don't want to overload your child's um system with lots of aggressive um videos and stuff like that so you, you know there's loads you control food is a way to to make sure that children are getting you know calming uh, good food, not not sort of loads of sugar that's going to you know jerk them up and make them behave in 
in crazy ways. Mm. So that's what I mean by controlling the environment. And um, what about your acronym, Patter Cake, which was very handy mm. that it came out that way. <laughs> what does that stand for? Uh, okay, so um, I, what I wanted to do, it's a nice sort of little circular picture, isn't it? Uh, and I, I really wanted parents to just um, have in mind... Uh, what does it really take? What qualities does it take to bring up children? And in fact, you could use this acronym anywhere. I mean, you could use it in the office. You could think, what does it take? What emotions and mental states do people actually enjoy? What what creates good chemistry in the system? So I looked at, at patience, acceptance, tolerance, attunement. So some, some kind of sensitive... Um, understanding of the child and commitment, you know, offering your sense of commitment to the child. Um, Compassion is a really healing emotion. So I put that one in there. Um, Increasing your awareness by sitting back and relaxing and thinking about things. Kindness is my big theme, you know, that kindness is the most healing quality that we can offer people or adults or children to have a kind approach even if it's a really difficult scenario if you're kind you're much more likely to set the the right emotional environment to get a good result and and to have empathic responses it doesn't mean to say you can't be tough with children because children need boundaries and sometimes they need us to be tough but to be empathic that you know they're learning they're developing they are going to get stuff wrong rather than making massive great judgments and being critical of them which kids don't respond to very well so pass a cake um was a way to i thought stick it on your fridge and in those moments when you just don't feel like you're going to be a great parent you feel like screaming just take a look at it and think of all the other options that you've got there joanna it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you so much for coming on the show um thank you for having me it's great to talk to you have have a lovely day That's Dr. Joanna North. She's a psychotherapist and author of Mind Kind, Your Child's Mental Health. There's stacks more information in there and we'll put links to where you can find a copy of the book in the notes of this episode. What do you know about febrile convulsions? When you have a fever, people like shake a bit and they feel very cold and that's called in the medical world rigors. Um, So this is basically rigors but like on steroids. Heidi Young is a clinical specialist nurse in childhood allergy and she knows exactly what's going on. To find out more about febrile convulsions and what to do if your child has one, listen to the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning and I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.